from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. This week, we're going to be talking about physical security, because as uh, many of those uh, out there in our listening audience that are in the technical side of things, if you get physical access to a computer, you can put all the cybersecurity controls you want on it. Folks are going to get in and they're going to be able to either destroy information or gain access to information they shouldn't have access to. So um, joined this week by Lewis Wood from Law Security, and we're going to talk about physically securing things. So thank you for joining us on the program. Thanks for having me. And so how did you decide to get into this industry to begin with? Uh, It's actually a family business. So we've been around for almost 40 years. Uh, My parents started the company as a result of a home invasion. So... uh, we were in fire detection prior to that. Uh, back in 1981, my parents went out to dinner. When they returned home, the babysitter was duct taped. There was a man with a ski mask and a 38 in our home. He robbed them, duct taped them up, put them on the ground, took both their vehicles. He had an accomplice and cleaned them out. After that, uh, my parents looked into security, didn't find a company that could help them and decided to start their own. Yeah. So as we're we're talking through, uh, and I think in, many of our guests are talking on the computer technology stuff, and, and things are evolving pretty rapidly, but as I pay attention to what's going on in the, the physical security side of things, it seems like that industry is changing pretty quickly uh, as well, and I think we'll, we'll dive into some of that. Uh, for for those listening out here for the first time, uh, we talk about all sorts of uh, cybersecurity, computer security things uh, on this program. We also talk education in some of these areas so that uh, folks can uh, learn what opportunities are out there for their kids. If uh, this is your first time, you can check our website out as well at www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, we also are uh, on all the podcasting services out there. If there's a podcasting service you use where you don't find our program, please let us know on Facebook or Twitter. We'll get you a CyberTalk Radio t-shirt, and we will add our, our content to that program. On a little bit of background on the, the study of cybersecurity, and if, you, if you're out there thinking about getting yourself some education uh, in that, if you're thinking about, uh, you know what, I want a, a CISSP certification or some of the others, uh, they all include uh, physical security as one of the domains in them uh, because it, it's critical to uh, control, uh, access control is what this is talked about. And you can have technical software access controls, you can have physical access controls, and you can have physical monitoring. So uh, this is a, a very important topic, and it's often uh, overlooked in, in ways. And you'll try to do many advanced, fancy technical things to secure your systems. But if people can just walk into the office and uh, pick up the computer that's got the, the information on it and walk out with it, and no one sees them and no one notices, it does not. Uh, all those technical things are, are pretty useless at that point. We've had a, a guest on the, the program in the past uh, from uh, Digital Offense. He talked about um, some of the, the physical security side of, of penetration testing. They'll do both software uh, testing, but then they'll also uh, go see if they can hop in the elevator in your building and walk your office floor. So if you wanted to uh, listen to that one, it's in our archives. The guest was Tom DeSat, uh, one of the, the members of the team over there at Digital Defense, and, and talks all about that. Also mentions what a drop test is. If you don't know what that one is, uh, it's a, a great one to learn and listen from, um, just to increase your uh, 
awareness uh, out there on things. So well, that's a, a compelling story there that you shared on, I mean, to go get this started. So you guys are not just about, I mean, providing, um, well, and in the security world, there's two things that, that I think I think about on the computer side of stuff as well. There's compliance where people are trying to meet some controls for the cheapest way possible. And then there's security where people are actually trying to protect things. And uh, those two get commingled. So if I wanted to buy the cheapest alarm system possible to get a discount with my insurance company, it's probably not you guys. Uh, we can do that for you. We, uh, we offer a whole spectrum. You'll, of sell the, you'll sell the compliance one as well. But if you wanna, you'll also sell the keep my family safe one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our goal is to really address all the threats for you, but we'll do whatever you want as a customer. Yeah. So h how does that differ from a, a physical security side of things? So, I mean, like I can get some little beepers on my windows or some of that sort of stuff, but what is like just the entry level piece of like uh, to meet that requirements for insurance, different insurance companies out there? And we'll just be blanket and broad. Some of them will have different requirements. I'm sure speak to your specific insur home insurance company. Um, if you want to get a discount um, and to, to know exactly what you need. But what does the, the difference in spectrum look like on a, a home physical security side of things? So to achieve the discount, you have to have a UL-approved, underwriter laboratory-approved, central station-monitored system. That's kind of the baseline. What we do from there is, you know, how thorough are you in protecting uh, either your business or your residence? Basic would be doing the doors, maybe adding one motion detector. So that's kind of baseline. 87% um, of break-ins occur at back doors. Very often they're glass. It's a really good idea to have a glass break detector there, which is an audio detector that listens for the high-frequency sound when glass breaks. Uh, the majority of break-ins now, people are going for jewelry, guns, stuff that's in like the master suite. A 55-inch plasma doesn't get you anything at a pawn shop anymore. So gets you, you arrested. Know, <laughs> exactly. You really want to harden the areas where you know that your valuables are or things that are important to you and irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, that's the basic security side. As the technology's progressed of late, um, the alarm system can be kind of your whole home automation hub. So all the Internet of Things stuff, we can start administering and controlling from the same app. So we can do smart video doorbells, which will give you motion detection alerts when your Amazon package arrives or when an unwelcome guest arrives. Cameras can be integrated through that. Um, we can do smart plugs, switches, lights, locks. So the, the alarm control app can really control your entire home. Then, so you've got, um, as you're, you're going out there on this, so you, you get up to that. Uh, how often are, are folks... Um, doing things kind of above and beyond motion sensors or uh, like where there's uh, like we see in the movies, like bars drop down on windows, like rooms seal <laughs> up, all that sort of stuff. Does that does that actually happen out there? You know, a couple months ago, I was at a house uh, where a, a guy had a, a gun safe and yeah. it wasn't a gun safe. Really, it was a panic room. He had welded quarter inch thick steel plates all over the floor, the walls, the ceiling, he had made basically an entire quarter-inch thick steel box that also had 1,000-pound uh, mag locks to control the door. Yeah, so he, he built himself something he can, he can get into, hopefully uh, 
went once inside there he uh set a way to get an antenna out uh, so he could <laughs> still have some signals to communicate out from the room he built a faraday cage yeah yeah because i would say if you you build a bubble there and you can't get any signals out uh you can lock yourself in but you may not know when it's time to leave <laughs> so it would be good to communicate with the outside world if you're going to build one of those uh set up some way to get communication out um, and might be an analog phone line uh, which are pretty reliable wonderful they don't even need the electricity in the house to be on so uh, all sorts of different things you could uh, learn as you, you dig into these these different um, aspects uh, of types of security systems on the physical side of things. So, in the the residential side, that's one. So, in the as you move into the the business world, so there's card access systems, there's video cameras, there's electronic locks on doors. Like no one has a, a little badge swipe system to get into their house, or hardly anybody does. People have little keypads with um, numbers on them, but uh, for, for businesses out there that are putting in physical security and access control systems, uh, what are some of the, the differences that you see there in the commercial side versus uh, residential? On the access control for business, the first choice would be how do you want to gain access? We can do RFID chips and cards. You can do the key fobs. You can do biometric would be facial or iris recognition. Um, and then once you have selected how you gain access, there's other ways to secure the actual door itself. So there's uh, electrical magnets, we call them mag locks, with like 500,000 pound rating, whatever you need for that. Or you can actually replace the strike on a door with something called an electric strike. A little bit less secure, a little bit easier to install. Yeah. So that, that'll get you on the, the door side of things from a, a camera system perspective. So like in the homes, there's... Uh, central ones that would feed back to uh, a service. Um, there's a bunch of these like home install cameras uh, that people are buying in kits. Um, I think you guys have an e-commerce store where you sell them online and stuff as well yourself. If people want a DIY, you'll give them kind of good luck, but they won't get that insurance discount uh, the, without somebody monitoring it 24-7. Exactly. And there's there's kind of different options for the home security cameras. You can get a $25 one from Amazon that sends all your data to the Chinese cloud, or yeah. you can get a analog one where the recorder is called a DVR, a digital video recorder. It'll record on site with no monthly fees, or the what we try to push is IP cameras. Um, they go to a network video recorder, all the traffic's IP. Whether you want to put that on the internet or not, that's more of a cybersecurity question um, from a more secure standpoint uh, we recommend people vpn into them but yeah that we have different levels of technical expertise and then those trade-offs always on ease of use and access versus security exactly uh, right uh yeah so in those those chinese cameras that you mentioned we had we had a guest on the program as well that talked about the fact that uh, there was a huge denial of service attack that shut down most of the east coast of the internet in the u.s and it was like 900,000 of these uh, home cameras uh, from the Chinese manufacturer uh, that all had firmware exploit on them. Uh, and they were, uh, the hackers were able to direct the 4K uncompressed video feed to an IP address of their choice. So like they picked some of the critical infrastructure on the East Coast and the U.S., pointed it all at that. And if you send 900,000 4K video feeds at stuff that's not expecting it, 
uh, it's not a was not a happy day over there on the East Coast. This was a uh, probably. F- first quarter of 2016 or 2017 a couple years ago it was like took twitter and a bunch of things offline when they do ddos botnet type stuff what traffic are they sending because i I imagine nothing makes more data than 4k video yeah no i mean that's an ideal device like a a device that can stream 4k video constantly uh is is a wonderful thing Uh, and a lot of the other denial of service they'll manufacture just big packets uh, as big and as easy as they can just to fill the pipes up yeah so if you would like to not contribute to the next major internet outage um, please don't buy one of those cheap cameras they're cheap for a reason um, because they've not gone through the software and quality testing uh, of some of the stuff that's it's just a little bit more money these things are not crazy expensive anymore it's like unless you're going to build that steel panic room it's pretty hard to spend tons and tons of money on the security camera aspects and piece of these these days and even on the good cameras it's good to update your firmware and make sure all your updates are current yeah on it yeah and those good ones you can update the firmware those the ones that were hacked my understanding the firmware on those wasn't even patchable they had not coded in a way to actually allow that to be updated. So the suggestions were either disconnect it from any network where it could be reached by someone who could exploit it or throw it away. Uh, yeah, not not a good situation. So you guys have been in this business for, for quite a while. And so if you go back, you were just talking about recommending IP and things now. So you, you've gone through, um, from the history, I mean, there weren't even... Um, beta or VHS tapes, I guess. Maybe they were coming out at the start, but how has the technology uh, innovation and technological change impact uh, on the physical security side of things? It's made everything a lot easier. Everything's more integrated. You can control your whole home or small business. Um, I get notifications sent to my phone when our office staff arrives and leaves. I can check my parking lot to see all the staff that there during the day it makes remote management just a ton easier my power bill goes down with my smart thermostat that i can control that i have geofence to my alarm app everything's just easier yeah that's an interesting one is yeah as you start to be able to tie the security system in with environmental controls now the, the security piece may pay for itself because you um, are not just guessing at to what to set the schedule to turn things up and down yeah, we, we've actually seen a white paper that showed in multi-AC handler situations and commercial stuff, it can totally pay for itself. Yeah. Now, well, so as you said, it's easier for remote management. So, I mean, there's we're in Texas here. If we're broadcasting out on 1200 WAI. So there's lots of folks listening to us out in West Texas at lots of remote sites where they've got expensive equipment. They don't necessarily always have people. Um, I mean, is that the kind of thing where they should have some type of uh, security monitoring these days? I think everyone needs security monitoring everywhere. I'm yeah. a little biased, but yeah. <laughs> for for a nominal fee, you can know what's going on. Yeah. So how does how does that happen? Like, say I've got, I mean, just um, I'm out in West Texas. I've got a, a yard full of trucks parked there, um, and I might not have permanent electricity to the site or some of those sorts of things. What do I? I what can I do with the where technology is on surveillance stuff these days? Okay. So. Um, we have a sister company that does just that. So we have a solar-powered unit. Um, the unit's connected to a cradle point, which is a cellular modem for people not familiar with it. So it needs no power. It needs no phone. It needs no internet. It, it's fully autonomous. 
the cameras themselves have video analytics, so they're not constantly streaming data. But when they see something that piques their interest or fulfills their analytical rule, it'll transmit the data to our operators to review and see what's going on. And we make a phone call to the person on site. Yeah. And there are many companies that do this, but it's, you can really protect anywhere. Yeah. We, so smarter version of the deer feeder cam. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. All you need is a cell connection, which is almost available everywhere. And if you can get one or two megs up, it's sufficient to stream. To stream. Yeah. So uh, for, for those uh, thinking, you know what, um, I'm going to go ahead and just build my server room. I'm going to lock it. And I'm going to be the only one with the key. I don't need video. I don't need any of the rest of these things. Um, I, do you find folks that after they realize that maybe they should have had video to see what was going to happen in there, um, they, you, you get what we call them on the, the software side of stuff, burn victims. Like they will have lost their um, data and then they'll sign up for backup software. Do you have folks where they, they put a little bit of stuff in place, they don't do everything, and then something happens and they come back and, and add the next layer in the future? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's a reason that silly expressions exist, you know, that close the door after the cows get out. They, they, they realize the need after they've experienced the loss. Yeah. So what are some uh, best practice tips for, for businesses just to protect um, all the stuff they've got in their offices? I think it's important to start with a plan. It sounds stupid, but people don't think about it. People don't, you know, set aside a portion of your day. Pretend you're going to burglarize yourself. So the first step would be let's deter burglars. Obviously, that doesn't help with a targeted attack. But if if it's a, a random attack, let's deter. Let's put up cameras that are conspicuous. Yeah. Let's put up signage. Let's let's make ourselves as unappealing as possible. After we've done the deterring part, let's physically harden the space you know if you can reinforce your door hinges such that someone can't kick through it if you can get something like a 3m security film so someone can't throw a rock through your window let's physically harden the space so it's hard to get into if someone breaches the physical hardening let's have alarm systems in place to catch them so we can dispatch the police as soon as they they breach the facility we want to have motion detection motion detection's amazing for businesses because in a home situation, you know, you're going to be in the house and you're going to want your motion detectors off so you can move freely. When your business is closed, no one should be moving. Yeah. Blanket the place in motion detection. Like, um, the, like the laser beams we see in the movies. Exactly. And, and, and criminals can't actually fog and mist and, and dive through them like a gymnast. It, the, not not if all. you do a good layout. No. And so they have a 120-degree field of vision. They, they don't shoot beams. They, they blanket an entire area. There's, there's no Tom cruising that you can do to get around a motion detector. Yeah. Um, after someone has triggered the alarm system, we can check in on our cameras. So you'll get an alert when your alarm goes off. Check in on your cameras. You can verify if it's, you know, Brett coming in after hours because he needed to push an update to the server or if it's, you know, someone, yeah. someone who we don't want on site. Yeah. Uh, how often do you end up with uh, like uh, alarms going off from cleaning crews? Um, so the systems are easy to enable with cleaning crew. You can give them their own code. So, you yeah. can, but all the time. Yeah, 
No, that's, that's <laughs> say, that seems like time. a pretty common one because they seem to be on not exactly a set schedule ever. It's not like we know they're going to be in between 7 and 10 p.m. They're in because their day seems to run long. They don't know what sort of mess they're going to get at the start of the morning. Delivery truck drivers, loading docks all the time. Time. So just make sure you have practices. And if you do know that your loading dock driver is going to come from 2 a.m. to 8 a.m., make his code only work then so that you know that at another time he, he can't gain access. Yeah, and these as uh, you're going through this on a plan and security control and 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 timed permissions, these are all things that uh, are features now of of these systems in a pretty common way. These used to be crazy hard things to to set up and program, uh, but now you can even give temporary codes on a lot of the systems if you're going to have somebody coming once. Um, I mean, I been, many of you out there listening may have experienced this if you've used services like Airbnb. You'll see some hosts have electronic locks on their homes now, and they'll give you a code, and that code specifically just for your stay. Exactly right. And it's easy to administer via web browser, via smartphone. I can take you out of the system immediately. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is CyberTalk Radio, and we're talking the physical security uh, this week on the program. Uh, if you just tuned in right now, you can listen to the rebroadcast of this. It'll go up on our website on Tuesday, December the 11th at www.cybertalkradio.com. It'll also go out on all of your favorite podcasting services. Uh, we talked a little bit about some tips and things you can do to secure your house and some best practices. Uh, we're going to take a break here uh, for those listening on the radio and not a podcast uh, for a news traffic and weather update coming here at the bottom of the hour pretty soon. Um, but These days, uh, with where um, security cameras are at for both uh, home and business, and not even just the cameras are one piece, but then down to how you handle access control, how you handle physical hardening of things, um, all of this stuff is at a point where it's very affordable. Um, You can do certain things to deter. You can do um, many things to to prevent uh, a lot of the activity uh, that can cause you problems, and really, uh, in the physical side of stuff, it's often much more scary than uh, it is on the computers. If you lose your your digital files in your computer, it can be really terrible for your business. Lots of other things, but um, usually with computer systems, unless it's uh, a hospital or others getting hacked, uh, no one's dying. Um, and the physical side of security, things can get stolen, but people can also, uh, just like the the story that we opened uh, with uh, on the program. Uh, things can happen. No one died in that situation, but uh, things can be very scary. And uh, we'll go through that and, and also talk a little bit more uh, about uh, the difference between what you see in Hollywood and what uh, is actually reality. So, uh, like, uh, no Tom Cruise flipping through uh, laser beams to uh, bypass motion detectors. They spray out abroad, as Lewis said, a 120-degree field of view. So unless you could vaporize yourself to be smaller than the little particles to get in between that, uh, you're you're not bypassing a motion detector. So uh, we won't tell you how to break into houses, but we will tell you that a lot of the things that if, if the criminals are watching Hollywood movies trying and using that to learn how to break in, not going to really work uh, in the, the real world. They're going to be sorely, sorely upset. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you have motion detectors, but also it's like you, you see them crawling through the uh, the ventilation ducts. Um, so step one, please don't ever try that. The ventilation ducts are likely not held into the ceiling with something strong enough to stop you from falling through and hurting yourself. And if you're a criminal and you're breaking in, 
maybe you earn getting hurt, but really bad things could happen trying to crawl through ventilation duct in a lot of cases. It's also going to make a ton of noise. Like these, these ducks are sheet metal and you're going to wiggle along on them. You're going to make a lot of noise and, and the uh, motion detectors uh, can also include the uh, audio these days as well. Yeah, the uh, glass breakage detectors um, detect any high-frequency sound over a certain threshold. Uh, I imagine crashing sheet metal from the ducting would probably trigger that as well. Um, There's a really amazing YouTube video that came out this month of a girl falling through a convenience store ceiling. It's it's worth a check out. Okay, so yeah, we will link that in the blog post about this episode. We'll find that one for you, so we'll help you out there. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break uh, for a news, traffic, and weather update here at the bottom of the hour, and we will be back to continue talking uh, physical security. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran, and we're talking about keeping all those computer assets safe and all of the uh, other more squishy assets that uh, are inside of buildings as well. It's uh, important to protect people, um, and you can do some of that by keeping your computer system safe, uh, but really to, to uh, protect us, whether they're employees at your business or people at your home, uh, there's a whole layer of security that you need to put in place there, and it, it's covered uh, as you're out learning about cybersecurity. Uh, one of the domains in the CISSP, uh, you'll get asked questions like, uh, what's the uh, proper um, angle for different uh, cameras? How high should fences be? Uh, what type of uh, light bulbs work in certain situations? Uh, so if, if you're getting out there and you're really learning how to secure things, uh, you get to dig in and and understand the physical side of uh security as well because if you you give a skilled adversary uh access to your computer um or to your server room uh, or the rest of those things uh they're either going to be able to destroy all the information on it very easily at a minimum and uh at a maximum they'll be able to gain access to that information and do things with it that you would not like done so we've got a, a real uh, expert uh, here uh, at this that's joined us this week, has been uh, in the business. So how long have you been working in the business yourself? 18 years. 18 years. So uh, and seen uh, all the evolutions uh, through to now where um, doing advanced things with uh, IP and uh, connecting into smartphones, mobile management, mobile access control, uh, all uh, sorts of, of advances on the physical side of security, utilizing uh, technology. And so as these systems are getting designed, we talked a little bit about the cheap Chinese cameras uh, before. Uh, when you're you're working on the the selection of different technologies and vendors, uh, how do you get confidence from them that they're doing the right things to, to make their systems safe? So all of our vendors have to submit their hardware for testing. They do security analysis. Uh, almost all the devices 
feature rolling encryption and really robust security these days. Yeah. So if, if you're uh, talking to somebody uh, and or you're looking at something online and it doesn't talk about the security of it, you can safely assume that it doesn't have any. Most of the times the folks have gone to the work uh, to make the system not only provide a video feed, but also to do it in a safe uh, and protected manner. They'll mention the fact that they made it safe and protected because it, it took them more time. Uh, cost them more money to develop that product. They're going to charge a little bit more for it, and they're going to be they're going to be mentioning it. So, uh, if you're you're seeing that folks are releasing systems and they're not talking about any security aspects of it, that's a, a red flag for me. Super valid point. We we were talking a little bit, and we told the folks that stuck with us through that bottom of the hour break, uh, we would go into a little bit more of a, a Hollywood on some of these things. So, uh, you've got. The motion detectors that we mentioned uh, before the break, and if you did just join us, we talked uh, about uh, how Tom Cruise doesn't really actually bypass motion detectors or anybody else in the movies would not work with what's really out there. Uh, you can listen to uh, the first half of the program uh, on our website or your favorite podcasting service. It'll be up on the Internet on Tuesday, December the 11th. If you are listening to us uh, in that replay, thank you for being a listener to the program uh, via one of those podcasting channels. So... Uh, on other things, so we've got the motion sensors. So we see these with the, the cameras uh, where they, they trick the camera by um, uh, putting a, a paper sign in front of it or like taking a, a Polaroid photograph and then sticking the Polaroid photograph to the camera. I mean, does, does that get past your guys? No, because the cameras are going to be going the whole time. And as they come up to the camera, it's going to trigger a motion event. Um a lot of times people ask, you know, what if someone hits the camera with a hammer? What if they hit it with a crowbar? Great. We have a wonderful shot of their face as they do it. Yeah. All the video is stored either uh, in the cloud on servers or at a recorder that's away from the camera. So the feed's going to go to the recorder as they do their pointless vandalism. Yeah. <laughs> Give them some real good footage for the, the, the attorney prosecuting them to use exactly uh and so what about on like on the uh, electricity so like this it's always like the 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 one team is coordinating by the front door and then somebody's out by a power panel and they're like are you ready you're going to go ahead and cut the power and we're going to go in and we're going to have this spot where we bypass everything yeah so on the burglar alarm systems the code is 24 hours of backup power yeah so if they cut the power it's going to revert to a backup system battery there's no gap in service as it reverts to the backup power too it's it's instantaneous so what they're missing in the movie is that the person by the back door that cuts the power at the panel they're doing that a day before the team goes yeah. at the front yep. door mm -hmm. and, and so you gotta you gotta wait for a day to not have electricity exactly okay uh on the camera systems it's a good idea just like with your servers to have a backup ups or generator depending on the amount of power consumption and the size of your facility yeah now i think for for most businesses uh that it, you're running these systems it's easy uh to have at least a few minutes of battery backup these days you can go to a store and buy um, the power strip that has a battery built in it so this is again not super advanced complicated anymore so like you can uh, get that and plug in your computing systems plug in your security systems to one of those big power strips that just has some battery storage in it and if it gives you 15 or 30 minutes if they cut your power and you're you now have power off at the facility um, you can trigger an alarm event on that. It gives the police 
15 or 30 minutes to show up or if they decide to go do something in those first 15 or 30 minutes while the battery backup's running, then you're going to have all the footage still. All the modern alarms do notifications on loss of AC power. While the battery backup's running, then you've got all the footage to hand over to the uh, authorities again. So what are some of the other uh, things that uh, we, we see in the movies that uh, doesn't actually work that way in reality? I went to a break-in recently at a jewelry store who was not our customer yet. They had not been proactive about their security, which seems weird for a jewelry store. But uh, it was in a strip center with uh, concrete tilt walls. So instead of coming through the doors, the burglars, you know, assume there was adequate security on the doors. They bored through the concrete wall. So like the thing you see like in the movies, like they've got the, the yeah. drill. They're going through the secret spot, okay? Yeah, and they, so they get to the safe. The safe is roughly the size of a refrigerator. Um, I know how thick it was because when I arrived, they had cut a hole in it so I could see the cross section. So it's a sheet of steel filled with concrete. The interior is also a sheet of steel. Um, on the ground near the safe are all the used angle grinder blades that they had been using for, I guess, hours cutting through it. So they had breached the safe. Uh, It was a jewelry and coin store. So who knows what sort of irreplaceable artifacts um, are now at pawn shops around the San Antonio area. Yeah. Well, if, if if they're really irreplaceable artifacts... This is somewhere criminals often make mistakes. If if it's a one-of-a-kind sort of thing, they're going to figure that one back out, and uh, that'll get traced back. But, uh, maybe they've sold them on the Internet. It's one of the things these days it's much easier, and this is why you have to be much more thoughtful. Um, in the movies where you see they, they steal the Maltese Falcon or whatever else, and they've got some super secret buyer for it, um, yeah, that stuff sort of happens in some crazy art heist that gets attempted but if people are stealing even things that are five thousand or twenty five thousand or fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars of value and they're somewhat unique there's many online marketplaces where they can sell these now they can sell it um, through a um, cryptocurrency uh, not necessarily even through a financial network transaction uh, that will be traceable or loggable. So there's many more options for folks to uh, fence things now uh, than than there were just a few years ago where they yeah would have been going to a local pawn shop and be certainly getting uh, arrested after doing that. Yeah, I mean, going through, so you can go through the safe, but, um, and apparently and you can go through the wall of a building. So that, that actually does happen. Uh, yeah, we've seen that with enough time. It, ha- it happens fairly frequently, especially between suites when there's just sheetrock on both sides. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sheetrock is it it you can if you can hear your neighbor through the wall, chances are it's not an actually secure location. So, yeah, I mean from a, a business, you need to protect not only your ingress and egress points and have cameras on those, but you should have cameras on anything that's valuable inside of the facility. Uh, and Absolutely. think about that. Yeah. And and do the extra steps to physically harden, you know easiest thing to do in a business is throw something through a window get some security film yeah one-time cost yeah the you can look at the videos online of people hucking cinder blocks at windows with security film and they just bounce off i mean the glass breaks which will trigger the alarm which is awesome yeah but they can't breach it so i was watching a terrifying video which i'm not certain is real uh on this security film uh back in 
the 1950s when 3M was inventing it, and there was an assistant holding up a piece of glass. Oh my God, I've seen and, it. And and there's a gentleman that is shooting the piece of glass like with a revolver or I don't know, or a handheld pistol, shooting the piece of glass, and like the film's working, which is great. But this just seemed like a like I'm hoping it's faked. Can't uh, we test it on a watermelon? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> There's there's lots of ways to hold that piece of glass, but I mean, uh, for the marketing hype, uh, maybe that helped them sell a lot of it. But yeah, I mean, it, it really works. Even it even works for for bullets if you get certain rated levels of the security film on the glass. I hope Glass Guy got a bonus. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and we're talking about physical security. Uh, the need and important for this in the cyber side of things. If uh, you're just tuning in right now. Uh, we did uh, an episode back early in the history of the program with Tom DeSott from uh, Digital Defense where we uh, talked about penetration testing. And in that penetration testing also includes physical site security assessment uh, and uh, all sorts of uh, interesting escapades he went on, uh, wandering around people's office buildings, picking up laptops off of desks, picking up confidential papers um, off of people's desks, and then going right back down the staircase where they didn't have any uh, security cameras. Uh, so they... They had them in their lobby. They had them in lots of places. But if you uh, just went in the uh, staircase of the building uh, through a, a loading dock area and you looked like you were in a construction work and then you went up in the building and you looked like you were, I don't know, in an AC tech or uh, some electrical tech outfit, you were just able to walk in the fire staircase there and walk all around the floors of the building and then walk right back in the fire staircase, right back out the loading dock, and you'll look like uh, – any one of the many other people in those sorts of uniforms on a loading dock. And if you are being thoughtful about, oh, I don't know, wearing that nice ball cap uh, that you have um, and paying attention to where they mounted the cameras ahead of time, uh, then if you're not setting them up in a way where you're getting a clear view of the face, you end up, and we've seen these on TV, uh, where bank robberies happen or other stuff, and you all you see is these angles of people where they've got uh, – a, a baseball cap on or other things that obscure a, a clean view of their face. Uh, so importance of getting professionals to set up and design your system and then also have a plan and have an understanding, as, as Lewis said as earlier in the program, run through some of the scenarios, do the things yourself, and then see if you're getting the information back from your security system that you are um, expecting to get um, in these different situations. One of the items we haven't talked about right now or yet on the program, so we've gone through uh, – You've got um, the security. We, we talked some of the, the doors and the other things out of Hollywood. But um, you've got rooms where uh, they've got special gas or different things in. So, like, do you guys tie in? I mean, there's practical things for folks at home as well. But, like, if I put, like, a special gas, a argon or something around, I don't know, some fancy movie gas around my, my painting, um, is there ways to detect that that gas is leaking? Um, you can detect almost anything with a read switch if you wire it properly. Um, I can't say anyone's called us for that yet, but leave our number. Please yeah. do call me. That sounds super fun. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to put special gas so we know if somebody, like the, the, the weight switches. Um, oh, that's another one, yeah, I guess, we, from the movie. So you, you see them, like, pulling the, uh, the Holy Grail off and, like, the putting Indiana the sandbag down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a thing called a shock sensor. Um, and they're wonderful for safes and things like that. So yeah, um, also good for windows. So a glass break detector is not going to go off till the glass breaks. A shock sensor will detect even light physical disruption. So you can put them on the back of a painting. You can put them on anything really. Yeah. 
So, and so they'll know if somebody's wiggling it even. Yeah, you can't put a sandbag on them and then gently slide them off. Yeah, not going to work. Not okay, gonna so work. yeah, don't try that one at home either for kids. Um, yeah, so from uh, uh, detecting when we were talking a little bit off the air during the break, I mean, about carbon monoxide stuff. And so you can, well, you've got all these systems in place. You can hook in there and have immediate alerting for carbon monoxide as well. Yeah, absolutely. So at no additional monthly cost, you can add all the life safety things. So smoke detection. It's actually monitored that'll call the fire department. So most homes, when people buy them, have smoke detectors up to code, but they were put in by the electrician. All they're going to do is wake you up and get you out of the house, which is awesome if you're home. If you're gone, they're not going to call the fire department. You can add a monitored fire sensor, be it smoke or heat. The way heat detectors work is they detect the change of rate of rise. So you're going to want to use heat detectors in places like kitchens where you'll have cooking mishaps or in your attic where you have your furnace where there's going to be particulates and stuff. Um, and then carbon monoxide detectors uh, detect the presence of carbon monoxide. So garages, furnaces, gas ranges, any sort of device like that, um, we've, we've had them save lives. Yeah. Oh, for for sure on that, and I'm mean, just thinking through uh, some of the, the different places where you would would want to detect these uh, garages. One, it's like if it's been cold here recently in town. Please don't turn your car on in the garage to warm it up, and like put your kids out there inside the car. Uh, not good. Uh, yeah, if, if you're gonna turn your car on, uh, open the garage door, pull the car out of the garage to warm it up. Do not, yeah, run it and warm it up inside a garage. It's not uh, good for your health as an adult and for the the little ones, uh, really bad for them very quickly. Yeah, exposure happens real fast. Yeah, so speaking of it being cold, we're sneaking into uh, the holiday season here as we're on the air. Um, I'm sure folks are expecting to get packages delivered uh, at their house uh, right now on a a regular basis as uh, we we sneak up to uh, whichever holiday you, you celebrate here at the end of the month of December. Uh, tips, recommendations there for folks? Yeah, so I'm sure everyone's Facebook and Nextdoor feeds are about to blow up with package thefts. Yeah. Um, some good tips for that. Doorbell cameras are awesome. They have video motion detection. Pick your favorite. Ring makes a wonderful one. Google Nest makes one. Skybell is my personal preference because it has a real PIR motion detector. But any of them are great. Be proactive. Put video motion detection on your porch. Enable notifications from Amazon. Uh, these days, when the package arrives, they will send you an instant notification with a photo. All We really want to just reduce the desire to be robbed. What about, so I've, I've heard from some folks where you get the uh, electronic door where like you can have your, your, your camera there where you can communicate with them. And so they show up, they ring the doorbell, you say hey i'm gonna go ahead and electronically unlock the door please set the package inside then close the door again good idea bad idea to allow the amazon delivery person to unlock into your front door Uh, my personal preference is it gives me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies yeah you know with the instance of uber drivers and yeah yeah i don't know i don't know I'm yeah. a paranoid person, but I imagine most of your listeners are as well. Yeah. Do you have you do you have a man trap in your front door though? So you could you could badge them into the first step of the man trap and leave the package in there, but you might not be that paranoid. Yeah, a little one way door. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, at, at home. There we go. So that's that's the recommendation. Really keep your packages safe. Add a man trap to your front door. But they they do make large mailboxes now that will secure your packages. Um, 
for just a couple hundred dollars. And with the, with the value of electronics that people are shipping, it just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly one to consider. Uh, yeah, or schedule the delivery, pay attention to the tracking, and be home to pick it up physically. If you're send, if you're getting something that's really expensive. Or use an Amazon locker now that they're yeah. at all the Whole Foods and things like that. Just minimize your risk. Yeah, or another one on this is just, yeah, as well, ask your employer if you can have the package delivered to the office and, and have signed for it there. Uh, it's going to interrupt your workday a little bit, but... Most employers, I think, will be reasonable about that because they would much rather have you stop and spend a minute signing for a package than have you frustrated and crying that your kids' holiday gifts are gone and they, you can't afford to replace them because um, that's going to impact your work performance much more than stopping to sign for a package for a few minutes. So if folks wanted to get in contact with you after listening to all this going, man, I think I've had some stuff done and maybe it's not done right, where, where should they find you? You can find us on the web at lawsecurity.com, or you can give us a call, 210-340-0306. Happy to come out and do a free site assessment at your business or your house. And we can discuss what you're looking to do. Yeah. And uh, that's when, when you've been around as long as, as you guys have. You actually have the lawsecurity.com. There's no, like, dash or underscore <laughs> or, like, uh, law is with a... Uh, uh, the slash lines or something else. No, not uh, lawsecurity.io. Yeah, no. not lawsecurity.io. No. So, where do you see uh, in closing here? We'll we'll do a little uh, future prediction. So, uh, stuff coming out um, twenty nineteen twenty twenty. We're gonna have like drones flying around surveilling houses for people. Uh, like, what what's the next evolution in the the security physical security world? In the drone arena uh i go to the yearly security show in vegas a lot of the drone stuff is anti-drone so they have these things i guess i'll call them a rifle that shoots a shoots a signal that'll incapacitate a drone so if they're doing counter drones uh, wait, wait they're selling emp rifles this is yeah, what i'm hearing absolutely <laughs> okay yeah. i wonder who those are regulated by fcc oh. if i had to guess yeah okay and I've I've seen some um, something on a VC side about you know a company raising funds for an anti drone weapon. Okay, yeah, I mean it's a the little uh, I'm just get a slingshot and shoot a net at it. I mean most of these things are and, not, and not th terribly hard exist. to get out of the sky. Yeah, if if you uh, have them up there. Uh, well, yeah, we had uh, a guest on the program speaking of drones, uh, where she talked about uh, some of the modifications folks have done on the criminal side to drones, um, mounting weapons and other things. If you wanted to hear about that, it's a uh, look up uh, Inflow National Security. Angel Crockett was on the the program. It'll be on our archives at uh, www.cybertalkradio.com. If you'd like to see a still photo of me and any of our guests, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> Oddly enough, we don't have very many YouTube subscribers. I think kids want to see moving video. We've been asked about doing video. Not going to happen anytime soon, folks. Uh, but if you want to come down and see a CyberTalk radio recording, uh, we'd love to have a studio audience. We've, we've done that a couple of times on location. Uh, maybe that'll be fun. So if you're interested, let us know. Maybe we'll, we'll uh, arrange some more uh, recordings out at cybersecurity events here in the San Antonio area, some of the conferences we host in the city. Um, and fun to, to have you out as a, a listener there. But, yeah, you're not going to get to see a video of us in the studio on a regular basis. So we, we've talked about this stuff being more affordable now than it was before, and I think everyone knows kind of what a ring costs. You can go 
to find that online, or they've probably looked at one and thought about buying one if they haven't bought one yet for their door. Uh, but what does it cost to kind of go from that at like 100 or 150 bucks up to a, a full system that's taking care of proactive monitoring and and environmental reporting, all that sort of stuff? So the alarm system can be installed for free uh, with a monitoring agreement. Monitoring starts at twenty nine ninety five a month, so it's very often almost free with the insurance discount. Um, the camera systems have no monthly monitoring fee. It's one-time sale of parts and equipment. Most residences can be secured by three, four cameras. Let's say driveway, front door, patio, and other side of house really gives you a competent view of the entire surroundings. Yeah. And you'll know if folks are coming uh, sooner rather than later. You'll see all the stray dogs wandering around your neighborhood or the deer, depending on where you are in, in our listening area. So thank you uh, very much for coming out and joining us. This was uh, good to dive in uh, to all these aspects, dispel some of the uh, the movie myths, and uh, hopefully raise folks' awareness about the needs for uh, physical security uh, to protect the, the both themselves but uh, also the digital assets because – Again, if you give me access to a computer, I can at minimum delete everything on it. And at maximum, I can download everything and uh, share it with whoever I'd like. So if you did just turn your radio on here at this last moment, uh, you can find us online at www.cybertalkradio.com and listen to this episode in full as of Tuesday, December the 11th. Thanks for joining us and uh, being a listener out there in our audience. <laughs>